He's in there laughing his ass off because he knows more about the law than you do. I'm here live. It's not, I'm not a cat. My law is thy legal. I will make it. Objection, Your Honor! Strangling the witness! I'm going to allow it. We disagree. That's it? We disagree? Well, I can't say we agree. That's how I lost my first ten cases. Welcome to Opening Arguments, a podcast that pairs a comedian with a real-life lawyer. This podcast is sponsored by the law offices of P. Andrew Torres, LLC, for entertainment purposes, is not intended as legal advice, and does not form an attorney-client relationship. Don't take legal advice from a podcast. Hello and welcome to Opening Arguments. This is episode 497. I'm Thomas. That's Andrew. How you doing, sir? I am fantastic, Thomas. How are you? Are you just fantastic because I'm going to play a line from Casino, one of your uh, favorite yes, movies? Yes. Is yeah. that mainly why? <laughs> that is that is uh, 97% of my uh, joy and happiness. But, uh, yeah. yeah, we've got a very, a very important uh, story to talk about today. Basically, health insurance, scam health insurance that we don't want people to get taken in by. Um, so if you think anyone needs to hear this, please share it with them because this is a maybe maybe you have some family members, maybe you know some people. This is, a, this is a real deal, but I'm told this line from Casino is very apropos, so I'm going to go ahead and hit play on that. <laughs> yeah, he had a foolproof scheme, all right. It wasn't very scientific, but it worked. When he won, he collected. When he lost, he told the bookies to go f*** themselves. What were they going to do, muscle Nicky? <laughs> Nicky was the muscle. Okay, okay, I've, I've, I've heard it, Andrew. That paints a dismal picture of what's going on here, so why don't you tell us about Christian Healthcare Sharing Ministries? Yeah, let me begin with how widespread this is and what encouraged me to do this topic on today's episode. So, you know, I have a whole bunch of Google alerts set up and I I check Google news multiple times a day, right? To sort of see, all right, what legal stories are out there percolating into the mainstream. One of the things that is frequently linked on Google news is a site called market watch. And there was a little box down below. And it said, I'm in my 40s. My kids are about to go to college. Am I saving enough? Well, that's that's pretty good clickbait for, yeah. <laughs> for a dude in his 40s who has an 18-year-old son, right? Like, So I clicked on it. Now, now, first, let me say the level of disconnect. So this is written by uh, Ali Melito. And I have called her out on Twitter. I've called out MarketWatch on Twitter for the truly egregious part of this. But just at the outset, right, like I click on it and and uh, it's ridiculous, right? Like from the get-go, the, the guy describing his need to inquire is like, so college for my kids is fully funded in a 529 plan. I make $300,000 a year. Yeah. We max out all of our retirement vehicles. We have zero <laughs> debt aside from our primary residence. Oh, no, wait, wait, wait. We have eight rental income residential properties oh, that net oh us, right. us $6,000 a month after mortgages and expenses. Combined, we have $1.7 million in IRA and 401k Why? assets, $500,000 in cash and after-tax savings, uh, and we've a averaged joke? a a, a 12% return on investment. Yeah, right. So 
Instead of the answer to the question being like, yeah, shut dude. up, you're like, fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, this wait, is a like humble the thing when like the absolute valedictorian teacher's pet would ask a fake question to indicate right. that they know everything already. You know, like you're showing off at this point. Yeah. You've got money. You beat money. You won. You right. won. You're right. good. Nevertheless, Ali Melito decides that she's going to interview a couple different financial advisors to give, you know, additional <laughs> advice here. Get them and on one the of case. Them, yeah. <laughs> one of them she quotes wrote this sentence, and I'm now reading directly from the MarketWatch article. Quote, since you are healthy, you may also want to look into a Christian health sharing company, uh, which is a faith-based health savings approach where members help cover the costs of others in needs. Um, by the way, nothing in the original question indicated that this guy was a yeah, Christian, a person of faith, anything. in there. Right. This is a financial advisor out there evangelizing for again what is a christian health health care cost sharing ministry right so wow. we're going to talk about that that's written into the the two laws uh that i'm going to specifically talk about before i get there i want to make this very very clear even if you are a religious person even if you are an evangelical christian this is a scam you should not buy into it if you are healthy you should not buy into it if you are sick you should not buy into it if you are capable of drawing breath okay it is not insurance and and it's sort of advertised and they're like we're not an insurance we would never employ like you know sleazy insurance brokers yeah. it, it it's not a replacement for insurance okay and here's why insurance is a contract but it is a super heavily regulated contract mm. because if it wasn't a super heavily regulated contract, we could just run this scam like, hey, Thomas, why don't you pay me $1,000 a month okay. for life insurance? And then when you die, I'll pay you $100 million. Cool. That sounds that seems awesome, right? You pay me the thousand dollars a month. Uh, we, you know, I create what a, a profit uh, a, I'm a, making a, a company, uh, and then uh, when it comes time for you to cash in, I declare bankruptcy for the company, and you get nothing. Ooh. So that would be real bad, right? Can that I would be pause Nikki you right here and say, I really hope this isn't like going to be a love letter to the insurance industry. It will, like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, it, I, I just, it, no, I just want to flag flag this, like. Obviously, the insurance industry is riddled with problems, but like this is even worse, right? Like, this, this is, is this is way worse because this is the same kind of contract minus the regulations, right? So look, all of the <laughs> things I, I, I'm a hundred percent serious about this because because people are drawn to these uh, healthcare sharing ministries. HCSM is going to be the abbreviation that that is used in the law and that that I'm going to use in the, in this episode. People are drawn to these because they're fed up with the profit motive in insurance companies, right? And let's describe very quickly how that works. That means the insurance company maintains actuarial tables of the likelihood of certain events. And then using that, they then, again, not unlike casino, right? Place bets that they're going to take more in premiums from you, then they're going to have to pay out over the lifetime of the policy based on those actuarial tables of events, right? So you're betting that you can beat the dealer mm -hmm. and they're betting that you're a sucker. Okay. And again, that's the best thing that you can have happen to you, right? <laughs> um, and what the Affordable Care Act did was merge the pools 
of people who are very, very high risk with people who are very, very low risk. That is the only way as a society to make insurance work, to make private insurance work, right? You can have a public model, but we decided we weren't going to do that. This is to merge everybody. That would it, what would it, fix it, this. It certainly would. Cost less for everybody. We should do it yesterday, but anyway, side. No. Yep. And so key to this approach was the ACA's mandate, right? That you mm-hmm. had to buy health insurance even if you were 27 and healthy because that's the way in which you make the system work. If the only people who pay in are people who are already sick, then there's absolutely yeah. no way. Who's right? going to okay. cover them? And if they did figure out some calculation to do it, the premiums would be so high that those right. people wouldn't be able to even afford it. I mean, impossible. Exactly right. So insurers are heavily, heavily regulated. And one of the big things they have to have is they have to have reserves to show that they can pay out the kinds of claims that they say that they're insuring. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you just do the thing that I said, right? You're like... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take in all the yeah, premiums yeah. and never pay out. Now, and we know all of the incentives that insurance companies have to not pay on claims. Yep. That's something for which everybody, particularly people who are attracted to HCSMs, can recite chapter and verse of like, oh, yeah, well, they, you know, they wouldn't pay my radiologist to run X screening or Y screening. Yep. And, and I've, yeah, okay. I've mentioned it a million times. I worked in a medical office and they would do all this shenanigans constantly. The form changed. Oh, this box went over there. This one went over there. So that and this is to pay the doctors like to pay that for the actual service. And they would find every excuse to be like, oh, didn't uh, new form. It's slightly different. And you didn't fill it out the way you were supposed to not paying back the claim. It's nonstop. And so state, local, and federal regulations and laws are trying to stay one step ahead and provide for some kind of social relief against the worst of those abuses by regulating, heavily regulating the insurance industry. Now, an HCSM is a worse version of that contract with none of the regulation. <laughs> yeah. So if you hate wow. health insurance companies, and you should, you, and you, should <laughs> you should feel comparatively much more antipathy towards these healthcare sharing ministries. Now, I'm going to break this down. First, what they promise to do is really, 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 really stupid and terrible and awful. That's what they promise to do. Okay. Point number two, because they're unregulated, there are tons of loopholes, so they don't even have to do what they promised to do. Point number three, because they are exceptionally well qualified at lobbying, they've gotten two amazing legal benefits that have massively allowed them to proliferate. One from Democrats during the passage of the Affordable Care Act and one from Republicans during the Trump administration. We're going to talk about both of those. Okay, So. Healthcare sharing ministries were a tiny, tiny minority, almost entirely among the Amish and Mennonite communities in churches with less than 100 people prior to the implementation of the Affordable Care Act. In other words, they were a blip on the radar screen, but they had two powerful lobbying groups, the Alliance of Healthcare Sharing Ministries and the National Coalition of Healthcare Sharing Ministries that managed to lobby for a particular provision in the Affordable Care Act that we're going to talk about. And they exploded from 
under 100,000 people using them to half a million by 2016 and over a million by 2020 and continuing to grow at, a, at, a, at an incredibly large rate. So it's a real danger. We can get back to what made that possible. But first, what do they promise to do? What they promise to do is to take your money. They charge, <laughs> on average, $500 a month, Okay, wow. which is- Way less unsubsidized than real health insurance. It looks like a premium. It's cheaper than good health insurance because it's not insurance, right? And their websites will have things that look like an insurance. Right. It will say the gold program, the oh, silver program. I bet program. you they give you cards that look a lot, a lot like insurance cards. 100% they give you an ID card. They have in-network and out-of-network quote, coverage, right? I was just thinking of like God's network. Like, ah, if you go too far over that way, the prayers can't reach you. So that's out of network. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to be able to cite to a specific contract, but there are five major players uh, in this field that are multi-state huge corporations, right? And these are organized as nonprofit corporations because of course they are. Um, so the five major players, uh, there are three evangelical Christian organizations. The largest one, I think, is MediShare. It's based out of Florida. It was formerly the Christian Care Ministry. There's also Christian Healthcare Ministries based out of Ohio and Samaritan Ministries based out of Illinois. In addition to that, there is a Catholic organization called Solidarity Healthcare, which was founded in 2015. Put a pin in that. And uh, one of the traditional Mennonite ones, which is Liberty mm. Health Share from Ohio. And those five are essentially the field right now. On none of them, can I get a copy of the actual contract that you sign when you sign up with these That's not a good entities. sign. So, yeah, they don't have it on the website. You have to apply and like I love you people, but I am not applying and giving my, you know, release for private information to one of oh, these scams yeah. for that, right? I have been on Use serves, right? Uh, uh, list serves where where people have talked about their complaints with these organizations, and no one will post their contracts. Wow. Again, as a lawyer, what that tells me is that I presume. Again, this is one hundred percent supposition, so could be wrong. I presume that they have a very robust non-disclosure provision. Mm. Uh, and I think I have good reason, which I'm going to cite in a minute, to believe that their contracts force you into arbitration uh, and uh. that those arbitration clauses probably have huge mandatory minimums. They might be in Geneva, uh, which often requires you to put forth a six-figure deposit. It's not hard to make an arbitration provision that is essentially punitive. We've talked about this before. It's not hard to make one that isn't, but it's not hard to make one that is. And it probably also has has attorney fee shifting. So all of that supposition, but that supposition based on the fact that like I can find some pretty onerous contracts on the internet and I cannot find any of these contracts. Not a good sign. Not a great sign. So I'm now going from their websites. Here's what they promise to do. They promise you and everybody else pay your premium and that goes into an escrow account. You can then go to an in-network, they issue you their little ID card, right? That definitely not health insurance, but you know, you get this thing that looks like an insurance card. You can go to an in-network provider for a covered medical event, or you can go to an out-of-network provider. If you go to an in-network provider, they will directly send your bill to the HCSM. If you go to an out-of-network provider, they send it to you and you have to submit it. 
however that bill gets submitted, you pay your deductible, which they call the unshared amount. And then they either try to negotiate a discount on the bill with the medical provider, if it's an in-network, or they force you to, quote, plead. And that language that, that language of plead is directly from Samaritan's Wealth w- w- website. That's their word, not mine. Plead with the medical provider to reduce the charges. After the begging, they then will say, okay, you begged the bill down to X dollars. You're responsible for Y deductible. And then we'll take the balance and coordinate withdrawing sums out of the escrow account to then pay the medical provider directly up to your cap lifetime benefits, which, by the way, is usually $125,000. That's how this is pitched as working to you. Okay, That's their description of their services. I want to do a slight sidebar, which I, I can I can hear you pulling your hair out at the roots already. At $500 a month, if you put it into a standard investment portfolio that's returning 8%, you'll make a million dollars in 30 years. You'll make a quarter of a million dollars in 15 years. So yeah, you start paying into this thing, you will get way over $125,000 just by handing it over to a financial advisor, period. Wow. So they're saying you have a lifetime cap of 125000 yeah. but you're putting in 500 a month forever. <laughs> right. Your laughing there is entirely appropriate. I ran one of those like retirement calculators. Yeah. And in any normal investment portfolio, not even counting the tax advantage, uh, which, by the way, this is not, right? Yeah. Getting to $125,000, not hard when you're essentially taking $6,000 a year. That's the first. And, and mind you, this is what they promised to do. We're going we're gonna to get to how they back out of those promises in a minute. But notice, and this is not a thing that they will tell you, from a health, from a social health management perspective, this does not do the two things that you want healthcare programs to do, right? It does not encourage preventative measures when you're young. And it does not cover catastrophic care when you're old. I was going to say right? 125,000. I mean, one visit could wipe that one, out if it's one bad catastrophic visit will absolutely wipe that out, right? So, uh, but 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 let me go quickly to the the first part of that. Even skinny plans under the ACA will cover preventative care. You know, your yearly well visit. This does not. So you're 27. Why, why am I going to go pay the doctor to tell me I'm fine? Well, you know, because a good relationship will be able to flag like, oh, hey, you're pre-diabetic as opposed to, oh, you discover that when, you know, all of a sudden, like you have lost feeling in your foot. We know from a social perspective that encouraging preventive care is the single most important thing you can do to build a healthier population with a higher standard of living with lower long-term medical. It's just, it's the most important thing to do when this doesn't do that. This doesn't cover maintenance meds. So uh, again, let's stick with your pre-diabetic. You are in an, in a, in a warning category for long-term potential, you know, because of family history, right? Let's say you have a family history of heart disease. Well, they put you on maintenance meds in your 30s that will ward that off, right? Mm-hmm. That, that, again, are super beneficial. None of that, this this covers events. 
I have a heart attack and go to the hospital, and then they'll share that out. It doesn't cover anything preventatively. Well, and but that's weird because wouldn't they? Wouldn't these crooks uh, running this scam even be incentivized to try to like keep future costs low just for their own self interest? If there was some relationship between the between the the product being provided, let's use that loosely, mm-hmm. and the healthcare pool that it comes from. But these scams rely on people opting in when they're young and dropping out when they hit their cap. Oh, and they realize it's like, it's a scam. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a churn. It's 100% a churn because they tell you, Oh, you've hit your cap. Well, yeah, you could continue to donate to us. Right. Yeah. If you're wow, but that's it. They know you're opting out when you're 50. So they're trying to get you in when you're younger. Uh, and the only way to make that work is to, is to have a constant churn on your pool. So that's the thing they promise to do. So you might say, all right, here's how I'm going to beat their system. I'm only going to sign up when I'm old. And yeah, okay. Uh, I only get the 125K. I'll sign up for the gold program and I'll get 250K uh, and I'll pay them a couple hundred bucks a month and then come in uh, and have, uh, you know, have them at least pay for my, uh, uh, for my triple bypass. Wrong. Uh, the CHSM uh, just won't take you. Or they can explicitly exclude all of your pre-existing conditions because they're not health coverage. They're not insurance. They're not covered by the provisions of the Affordable Care Act that require them not to discriminate. They don't cover anything, so they're not forced to cover your pre-existing conditions. They they just agree to maybe share out your bill, and uh, we're going to get into that. So, in fact, let's get into that now. What are the loopholes? The first and the biggest loophole we've already talked about, they're a nonprofit ministry, and so they're not regulated uh, by any of the healthcare bodies. Uh, they are not subject to any of the statewide insurance programs that you know agree to step in in catastrophic circumstances if your employer, mm-hmm. uh, if your regular healthcare uh, coverage fails to cover certain events. Because again, not healthcare. Um, and uh, what that means is you have to sue them, which, oh, by the way, your contract almost certainly prevents you from suing them. So you're going to have to go to arbitration and convince an arbitrator to hand down a ruling against a nonprofit religious organization, which is super high burden to to have to meet. If they, if they just decide not to do the stuff they've promised, and by the way, they haven't promised to do that much. What are some of the other ways that they get around in their contracts? Well, again, can't find the contract, but Samaritan Ministries publishes their requirements. I'll, I'll include that link in the show notes. These are the things they say on their website. So this is not, these are reduced to legalese in their contract, but who knows how much more there is, okay? This is what they tell you before you sign up, you have to do as condition precedent. If you don't do any of these, they can say, okay, well, we don't have to pay, Mm. right? We don't have to share out any of your medical bills, no matter how long you've been paying. And by the way, you're not paying, you're donating to a ministry. So, you know, yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah. I was going to say, if if already in regular insurance, this sucks, I can't imagine how bad it is in a scam that's just dressed up like insurance, but isn't actually regulated. Must be terrible. Take a gander at, (laughs) you must attend a Christian church regularly at least three out of four weeks per month that your health or weather permits. If it is not possible for you to regularly attend a Christian church, please submit a letter giving the details. By the way, 
this is again word for word from the Samaritan Ministries websites. Fellowships, churches, temples, wards, and denominations that fall outside of the biblical Christian faith, such as the Church of Scientology, Unitarian, Jehovah's Witnesses, and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints, do not qualify for the church attendance requirement. So if at any point you've not been able to go to, again, they they require that you attend church three weeks out of four every month. Do they take attendance at church? It's been a while since <laughs> I've been, but how would they figure this out? Do they have to just ask? The- I will tell you that in a minute. You will oh, be shocked. Okay. Oh, yeah. You agree to not use any legal or prescribed substance, Ooh. not abuse any legal or prescribed substance. Okay. So you get addicted to painkillers. They can just refuse to do anything to abstain totally from illegal drugs and the recreational use of marijuana to abstain from tobacco use, to limit consumption of alcohol to moderate amounts and never drink to drunkenness or cause another brother or sister in Christ to stumble. So parse through all of that major healthcare issues with involuntary opiate addiction in this country because of precisely the system, right? You get overprescribed meds by the doctor for your back pain. And now all of a sudden you're hooked on Oxycontin. They can say, oh yeah, well, you know, you didn't abide by the Christian standards in our contract. We're not paying for anything. We're not paying for your back surgery. And again, they're not, they don't ever pay. They just share it out from the escrow, but they can say to you, we won't even do that for your back pain because you haven't complied with the biblical standards. Next, abstain from any and all sexual activity outside of traditional (laughs) biblical marriage as described by God as between one man and one woman. As described by God. Where do they get pick up that quote from God? (laughs) As described by God. This show is brought to you by Talkspace. Folks, speaking as someone who is currently in therapy, uh, I recommend therapy. It's very helpful. It's good for everyone. There's no one who wouldn't benefit from a little therapy. Uh, Some people more than others, probably, but nobody who wouldn't benefit. And when it comes to therapy and psychiatry, getting the help you need has never been so simple. When you're able to access your provider from the comfort of your device, it means therapy can be on your schedule. And alleviating the wait times to get an appointment or the travel time to an office can free up time for the rest of your life. Talkspace is so convenient and accessible, it helps me feel supported around the clock. My favorite part about Talkspace is that it lets you send and receive unlimited messages with your dedicated therapist in the Talkspace platform 24-7. Sending text messages is important to my generation. Uh, (laughs) Sometimes that's easier and better and more psychologically comfortable than having to make a whole call. And I love that Talkspace lets you do this. With Talkspace, you set goals with your therapist and they hold you accountable and make sure you're really progressing. Therapy can help you shift your perspective find tools to cope in difficult times, and be a guiding light. Talkspace has thousands of licensed therapists with years of experience in over 40 specialties, including depression, anxiety, substance abuse, trauma, anger management, relationship issues, food and eating, and so much more. As a listener of this podcast, you'll get $100 off your first month with Talkspace. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com. Make sure to use the code OPENING to get $100 off your first month and show your support for the show. That's opening and Talkspace.com. Hey, this is Andrew, and this is an ad for Moink. The Moink bacon is seriously the most delicious bacon I have ever ever tasted. It's amazing. It's got like the right level of smoke. It's the right thickness. It kind of has that like pork belly chewiness. It's, it's delicious. Trust me on this. So 
you know Moink is a sponsor of this podcast. You know they deliver high-quality meats. They deliver grass-fed, grass-finished beef, lamb, pastured pork, and chicken, wild-caught Alaskan salmon, all direct to your door. They work with local family farms that are independent outside of big agriculture. Their animals are raised outdoors. Their fish swim wild in the ocean. Moink meat is free of antibiotics, hormones, sugar, all the junk that you find prepackaged in the cheap meat aisle. So what are you going to do? You're going to sign up at moinkbox.com slash OA. You can choose what meats you want delivered with your first box and you get a year of bacon for free, right? You can change what you get each month. You can cancel anytime. I like that, that year of bacon for free. Trust me. It's a really, really good promo. Moink was founded by an eighth generation farmer who was featured on Shark Tank, right? And host Kevin O'Leary said, seriously, he said it's the best bacon he's ever tasted. I don't know who that dude is, but it's the best bacon I've ever tasted. And uh, that should mean a lot to you. It's really a good product. I highly recommend it. So, Join the Moink movement today. Go to moinkbox.com slash OA right now. Get your free bacon for a year. That's a year of the best bacon you'll ever taste. Limited time offer. M-O-I-N-K-B-O-X dot com slash OA. Moinkbox.com slash OA. Please order some Moinkbox stuff. I'm telling you, really great bacon. So you know, obviously they're not paying for an abortion. Yeah. You probably knew they weren't paying for birth control, but particularly among the young people to whom this is targeted, they're not paying for any STD you might have you might happen to catch. These are really really significant things that again, by their own promises, they don't even have to do the minimum that they are saying that they'll do. You must agree to practice good health measures in accordance with the principle that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> you must agree that when you have a dispute, this is in their membership requirements, agree that when you have a dispute with a fellow Christian and your fellow Christian is willing to submit that dispute to fellow believers for resolution, you are not to sue each other in the civil courts or other government agencies. What? Uh, is that yeah. the like their religious dressed up arbitration clause kind of? It It is indeed. And, oh, and there's wow. no doubt in my mind that in the contract, that is 100% an absolute waiver of your right to sue the Christian uh, healthcare cost-sharing ministry. And who knows what fake arbitration entity they've set up to handle these claims. I wish I knew, but nobody will give me a copy of the contract. You must sign and send in your membership continuation form each year, confirming that you're still meeting the above requirements. Have your pastor or Christian church leaders sign a is. statement confirming that you meet the above requirements. You will be required to agree to these requirements when you apply for membership and provide background information, including your date of birth, and reconfirm that you still meet these requirements annually. There, There is more, but that's, I think you've gotten the Honestly, same. that's so gross. Like, this is really disturbing. Yeah. So if they don't do the things they promise to do, your remedy is to go to arbitration. But what they have promised to do is almost nothing. So... Why do these exist? Why are they getting more popular? I, I, I've alluded to that throughout the segment. These are the two law-talking things. The first comes from the Affordable Care Act, and the Affordable Care Act contained the individual mandate. It's the key to making it work. It's why one of the first substantive things that the Trump administration did was reduce the mandate to zero. The idea was, if you are over the age 26, you are required to maintain minimum essential coverage or you then paid the penalty. Again, 
which was reduced to zero. Uh, it's plausible that that will be increased again in the Biden administration, right? We don't know. And CHSM lobbied for and got an exemption to the minimum essential coverage requirement, even though by the definition, again, I'm going to read to you the provision of the Affordable Care Act, they do not provide minimum essential coverage, right? Because they're not insurance. This was section 1501D2B, which says, Members of a group which share a common set of ethical or religious beliefs and share medical expenses among members in accordance with those beliefs and without regard to the state in which a member resides or is employed are exempt from the minimum essential coverage maintenance requirement. The bit that was put in was that those CHSMs had to have been operating since 1999, which was 11 years at the time that it was passed. And that was designed to assuage folks like me who said, wait, what's to stop them from doing the, you know, Nikki Santoro trick and just taking the money and declaring bankruptcy. And the idea is, well, you know, you've been around for a decade. You're probably not going to do that. Uh, Except that as we told you to put a pin in Solidarity HealthShare founded in 2015. What they did was bought out one of those tiny Mennonite churches that I talked about uh, uh, that has been in business since 1999. Keep uh, the and old now, name essentially. Well, no, they could change the name, but, oh, uh, but just get, get credit for having been around. They can show then. continuous operation right. since 1999. So all of a sudden you told a bunch of people who were in their 20s, you have to pay to buy insurance. And then all of a sudden this thing pops up that is funded by a ton of advertising to back it. All of a sudden what pops up is, hey, do you want this super expensive Obamacare evil government run healthcare plan? Or do you want a Christian alternative, which happens to be much cheaper? So essentially the enrollees in this uh, quadrupled during the passage of the uh, Affordable Care Act and have doubled since then. So that's the bad democratic aspect of the law that has allowed these to proliferate. Uh, uh, There's also a bad Trump era IRS rule that just went permanent yesterday. So um, this might be a great thing to talk to uh, your elected representatives about. This is something that uh, can be undone with proposed rulemaking and um, hasn't by the uh, Biden administration because it's sort of the you know third rail of a religious charity, you know, a scam dressed up as a religious charity. So let me explain what that rule is. Under 26 U.S.C. Section 213 D1, there's an allowable deduction on your taxes under certain conditions that I'm not going to get through here for healthcare insurance that is defined as medical care for the amounts paid for the diagnosis, cure, mitigation, treatment, or prevention of disease and for insurance for those things, right? So you can deduct your actual medical costs and your healthcare insurance costs. And so the question was asked of the IRS in 2016, hey, if this section allows us to deduct our insurance, does it protect stupid scam non-insurance? And the IRS was like, no, it protects Insurance, stupid scam non-insurance comes under that section of the IRS code that doesn't exist, right? So that 2016 ruling, it didn't really affect individuals at all, but it affected individuals who worked at certain employers with deeply held religious beliefs Uh. that were providing subsidies to their employees to join these scam organizations, which again, may cover some of our listeners. So- The rule was, until very recently, if 
you were a member of an HCSM and your employer subsidized in whole or in part your membership in that HCSM, that was taxable income. It does not, it was not tax deductible under 213D because it's not healthcare and it's not health insurance. So the IRS said members of an HCSM are exempt from the requirement 5000A of the Internal Revenue Code as implemented by the Affordable Care Act to keep minimum essential coverage. So you don't have to do that. However, this is more the IRS letter. Coverage by the HCSM is not minimum essential coverage. The oh. law does not consider membership as health insurance and payments for participating are not deductible medical care. Because participation is not employer-provided coverage, the law does not exclude employer payment for the cost of employee participation from the employee's gross income. Instead, the law considers a taxable income and wages to the employee. Now, that has almost no relevance to you as an individual taxpayer, but it was a disincentive to certain corporations with sincerely held religious beliefs against subsidizing HCSMs right, because they can't deduct it. They might as well just pay you in more wages, right? Yeah. And if it's going to be treated as wages that. anyway. But yeah, uh, right. what, you say it has no effect, but I mean, isn't it a bad sign if the thing that you think you have that's health insurance, the IRS is like, um, no, not really. Definitely not. Yeah. Should be a warning sign. But, you know, who who knows how this is folded into the grand conspiracy, you know, against. Yeah. So as a result of Trump's executive order 13877, which, by the way, does not say healthcare ministries, does not mention ministry at all. It just says that we want to promote, quote, shoppable services, end quote, among healthcare. The IRS made a notice of proposed rulemaking in June of 2020. That notice and comment period was open until August of 2020. And the final rule went into effect on Tuesday. June 1st of this year, 2021. And it now says that we will classify your dumb, stupid non-insurance as insurance. So yes, it is tax deductible ah. if your employer provides it to you. So we have not yet seen the knock-on effects of this. I am 100% positive the employers who want to do this are aware of the significance of this IRS proposed rule and the likelihood that your employer is incentivized to offer as a special bonus to you. Hey, you know, if you want to join an HCSM, we will pay those sums uh, in whole or in part. In whole, it just means that they're taking what should be your wages and giving them to a Christian ministry. In part, it means they are incentivizing you to join that Christian ministry. Again, don't take legal advice from a podcast. You, you need to get active if your employer is thinking about this, considering debating. This is like having a tax deduction to encourage you to invest your money with Bernie Madoff, right? These yeah, are, wow. I, I mean that directly. These are a Ponzi scheme. They cannot work if they do what you think they are going to do. The only way they can work, the only way that that pool refreshes itself is by capping, refusing to pay, and churning through people. It began, I read you how it began. I looked at it and I thought, man, we shouldn't be, Market Watch should be ashamed of itself. And it should be. Right? No and kidding. Yeah, I forgot about out. all that. Why the heck yeah. are they publishing something like this? But By the way, unbidden or whatever. Like there wasn't even anything in that yeah. weird article that would suggest they need this. 
no, this was not, you know, Christian advice. This was, and, and, and this is really what is insidious about this is it, it is piggybacking on kind of the generic Christian belief that is expressed by, you know, 70 plus percent of the population to say, oh yeah, like this is, this is a positive thing. It's got goodwill in the public. This is a scam. And by the way, like MediShare, you're totally welcome. Sue me, right? Sue. Well, it wouldn't be me personally. It would be Opening Arguments Media LLC, a uh, a Maryland limited liability company based in Towson, Maryland. Sue us if you want. We will kick your ass in court because you are a scam, and we believe that our listeners need to know that. It is heartbreaking because you know there are tons of people who just think this is insurance. You know they don't yeah. have time or expertise to know the difference. They haven't heard this uh, fine episode of Opening Arguments, and they think they have insurance. And then all of a sudden they don't. And particularly older family members who aren't even going to get the bare minimum of promises, right? By based solely on what they themselves have described. Um, and I would say if you want more on this, read Abelson, the New York Times. They have done some amazing reporting. I'm going to link to to one of their articles uh, in the show notes. There are multiple pending lawsuits, state investigations, all sorts of things. But again, the reason I've done this breakdown is because when that comes out, that's going to be, think of the overlap between, you know, this and the fake news community, and it's going to be proof of hostility to, you know, religious belief. I I, I haven't done anything on this show uh, that isn't either directly quoting from their websites or directly quoting from the law. This bad people. And if you have somebody who's involved or could be involved, do everything you can to try and help them out. Yeah. This is a set all disagreements aside. We don't want people, innocent people to be scammed by corrupt casino type, (laughs) Um, basically pyramid schemes. As you said, Uh, this is gross stuff, but like why, so the Biden administration could put an end to this, couldn't they? Absolutely. Okay. Well, I know there's a lot to do, but it'd be nice <laughs> if they a lot got to on do. that. Just getting rid of the preferential treatment would go a long way towards the market correcting for this. But no, I mean, this is a situation where you can understand the pitch, right? The pitch is, hey, don't have government bureaucrats get involved. Don't throw away your money on evil insurance companies that, you know, pay their executives millions of dollars. Like, let's have a a, a Christian healthcare ministry, right? Where everybody involved, we, we're all on the same team. We're all pulling together. And that, that pitch is really, really seductive. And in the event, I am sure uh, that the Biden administration wants to restore the individual mandate. Um, and when that happens, if that happens, you will see that argument come to the fore, right? No, don't, you don't want a super expensive health insurance. You want something that's better than insurance. It's, you know, an unregulated promise that that does less than what insurance says it will do. It's it's bad, people. Andrew Torres is correct. The best kind of correct. Andrew Torres. You were right. Tell your sister. You were right. All right. Well, a little bit of time here for an Andrew was right. <laughs> My favorite segment on the yeah, show. A I, actually, lap. 
I mean, I like the Andrew was wrong segments, and I love that our uh, our listeners hold us accountable. And like the stuff I learned about Seagirt in Australia was uh, was fantastic. Okay, we told you in episode four ninety four that the Florida deplatforming law uh, was not going to survive; that it would be immediately sued in court and enjoined and. By the way, that lawsuit has now been filed. It is NetChoice versus Moody. I've uploaded it uh, after downloading a copy. I've uploaded it to our website. We'll include that link in the show notes. And if you're wondering who, who's who's NetChoice LLC, NetChoice LLC is an advocacy group formed and including Airbnb, Alibaba, Amazon, AOL, Dow Jones, DRN, I don't know who that is, eBay, Etsy, Expedia, Facebook, Fluid Truck, Google, HomeAway, Hotels.com, uh, Lime, Nextdoor, Lyft, Oath, OfferUp, Orbits, PayPal, Pinch, Restock, TikTok, the, the internet. <laughs> Travelocity, TravelTech, Travago, Toro, Twitter, Verisign, Verisign, Verbo, Vigilant Solutions, Visibility, Waymo, Wing, and Yahoo. Yeah, the internet. It has five counts seeking uh, declaratory and injunctive relief that this law is never going into effect. Most of it is the stuff that we predicted. So count one violates the First Amendment. Count two, uh, that the election stuff is unconstitutionally vague and therefore violates due process. Count three I thought was fun because I didn't quite peg this, even though we made fun of the Disney exception, uh, but that uh, that that violates the oh, Equal Protection yeah. Clause. Yeah. So this is on page 60, paragraph 117 of this complaint. Uh, it says... It seems it basically says I mean, this is a paraphrase, but it says seems kind of weird uh, that this law would not apply to one of us. Quote: If we bought a zoo, end of quote, <laughs> and that's true. And then it goes on to say, nor is there any reason to believe that the state's purported interest in protecting against unfair conduct from social media platforms is furthered by protecting theme park operators and zoo owners. Parenthesis specifically including Disney and Universal Studios. End of quote. The argument that I didn't flag that. I was glad to see here and deserves its own deep dive at some point is a dormant commerce clause argument. And I don't have the time to explain all of that. Um, we need to do a deep dive on it. But basically, it says because Congress has the right to regulate interstate commerce, uh. there is a corresponding negative implication that says that states can't discriminate against or excessively burden interstate commerce. Right. So um, the, right. the idea that there is a dormant a dormant commerce clause that prohibits states from taking certain actions exactly like this one should have been really high on my radar and wasn't. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and so we'll, we'll talk about that. And then count five uh, was the section two thirty stuff that, uh, that we covered in, in some depth. So we promised you that this would get enjoined. And before we could record the very next episode, that lawsuit got filed. And probably by the time you're listening to this, a preliminary injunction will be on the way. The law is scheduled by its own terms not to go into effect until July 1, 2021. So on or before June 30th, uh, this law will be enjoined and it will never go into effect, just like we told you. What a waste of time. Yeah. You know, conservatives, don't you hate when the government wastes your time and money? Then maybe uh, vote against people, vote people out who write waste of time, obviously unconstitutional loss <laughs> excellent pitch this show is brought to you by magic spoon folks i'm sure you've probably heard of magic spoon before you you know what it is you know it's a healthy alternative to breakfast cereal you know it doesn't have all the sugar and the carbs and the junk but i want to tell you something that maybe you haven't heard before which is i realized as i looked at the nutrition facts on the back of my delicious magic spoon cereal i realized 
it's almost like a protein shake or protein bar. Like I, I've had, I have consumed protein bars and protein shakes that have roughly the same nutrition facts. So Magic Spoon can be your delicious way to get your protein after a workout, which I think is as delightful as it is funny. Like, oh, I got to get my after workout bowl of cereal, but like, no, but really. So here's the stuff you need to know about Magic Spoon. It's got zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs in each serving. It's only 140 calories a serving, which for me means I'm probably having two servings. <laughs> it's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, and low-carb. And they've got a variety pack. The four flavors are cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. And they are delicious. This tastes like your childhood cereal, but it's nutritious. So if you're excited to do a post-workout bowl of cereal, <laughs> go to magicspoon.com opening to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code opening at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So, if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com opening, and use the code opening to save $5 off. Thanks to Magic Spoon for sponsoring this episode. And thank you! And now it's time to thank our Hall of Famers, our all-time greats. Again, we're the, we're the only show in the world that does this because <laughs> we signed a contract to do it <laughs> way back when, and we can't modify it. <laughs> we're the of, only yeah. show that will ever do this. <laughs> I love it. I got to tell we you, we do this it is, with pleasure. I look forward to this every single week, and I know at least 198 of you do as well. So, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, too, Dr. Charles Biles. KellyWovit.com. I make stuff on a loom with my hands. Come buy it. Oh, I love it. KellyWovit.com. Comedian Aaron Trahan, a.k.a. Game Jumper X. Cool. P. Andrew Tortellini. Don't take pasta advice from a podcast. Dit, 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 da, 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 dit, dit, dit. Is that like Morse code I, I, or something? Yeah, that's that's an SOS in Morse code. Ah. That thing in the attic. Donziger has been under house arrest for longer than the six-month maximum sentence that contempt of court carries. I meant to ask you last week. I don't know what any of this is, so I'm looking forward to when we finally break that down. Kelly and David's wedding will be bomb. Potato face. If Thomas can't pork the streak, he can at least streak the pork. Liberals own guns, too. Support root cause mitigation, not ineffective gun control. Eh. No reasonable person would have ever thought I voted for that frozen baby. Sean McGovern, at least until I can think of a funnier name. <laughs> Lay do, <laughs> lay do lesbian fabulous. They they spell they that time they phonetically. Oh, did they? Somebody, uh, did yeah. they phonetically? Nice. I don't know if that's right, but somebody did it. Lisa, <laughs> see you at the next True Crime Podcast Festival. Tell Morgan, get Tom's son. January twenty, baby. Zach Bloom, Ray, LiveBaseballScorecards.com. Legal Eagle is so handsome. California employment, work, accident, or litigation questions. Ta call or text attorney David Nitka three ten seven seven six fifty eight seventy nine again three ten seven seven six fifty eight seventy nine. The Smiths, awesome patron name incoming. Thomas, you are a fop doodle and a Nash gab. I bite my thumb at thee. Praise be unto Hamilton. Get the clown horns ready because Silea Law is headed back to SCOTUS. Rest in peace, Brandon Bernard. We must abolish the death penalty. Justice for beer. Budget botanist plant of the week. Brassica oleracea uh, or something. You've def heard of it. Broccoli, cauliflower, and kale are the same spe species. Plus more. Interesting. Sparkle Donkey Tequila wants the next live show in Seattle. will supply the tequila seriously. Well, we're trying to find a time when we feel comfortable doing that. It should be somewhat soon, I think. 
listening for years, still can't come up with something clever. Mary the Great, new book, The Greatest Gift of All, A Logical Path from Religion to Humanism by Mark McLean, out now. Bah, air sick lowlanders. Hmm. Becoming a patron to get five episodes a week, and I finally caught up on months of backlog. Adam Borachoff, one you, oh, I love these, one you, creature human wizard. By the way, you means blue mana, so it's like, like one uh, island. Oh, mana. yeah, the... the- Creature human, that's the mana cost. This is casting cost, Andrew, you noob. So it's one, one and a blue, one generic. I, I, know, blue. What a, I know what a mana is. <laughs> well, you just made a joke that you didn't. Here we go. Creature human wizard. It's a zero one. So that's zero attack and one toughness. Tap, draw two cards and discard three cards. Draw two and discard three. Shoot. I don't remember what a, what the draw two discard three is. Sorry. I think you, you stumped me. I was the whole time I was thinking it was that one, uh, it was a different one. Yeah, no, I can't remember. You got me on that one. I feel like I should know it, but I don't. Brian K. They'll fight for freedom. Wherever there's trouble, open args is there. Open args, <laughs> a real American hero. Open args is there. <laughs> this film is lit is my favorite pod. I got to change this before OA records. <laughs> I like my pork streaks paired with at Casa Agria and at Emperor's Brewery beer. Josh Hawley's dorm room poster. Could hostages get tenants rights if they were kept long enough? Lee Sharp. GDT says last week's card was pyramids, but you got partial credit for correctly identifying the card that the card absolutely sucks. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm not going to know all those obscure ones. That card sounded terrible. Thomas Gleeberg. Buddy freaking Geyerson followed Morgan on Twitter, now seeing a different side of the platform. <laughs> ben Gazi in the Buttery Mails. Idea for a screenplay, Air Bud, man's best amicus. Don't take legal advice from a quarter. Two fabulous lesbians who are celebrating their first anniversary this weekend. Oh my gosh. Didn't, didn't they just get married five seconds yeah. ago? And yeah. I feel like we were a part of that, or am I misremembering? Uh, we were 100% a part of okay. that, and so thanks well, for inviting us to the uh, anniversary. Yeah. That is that is a... Uh, the first year, I believe, is the paper anniversary, right? Hmm. Uh, second is uh, uh, tofu. Uh, <laughs> wow, that really changes food groups there. <laughs> Somehow pulled off an A in Civ Pro. When can I expect my official geekery card? Nice job. Getting real tired of Republicans using trans kids as a target for their tantrums. Pick on somebody your own size, you ghouls. Edgy veggie. Bob Newhouse, Sassy Italy Tours figures those UFOs just want to see if Rudy gets indicted. Les Dove, Les Bion, Fabulo, Jennifer Chakowsky, one smart cookie sent cutters, vaxxed and relaxed over here, baby. Does Jack Black know you have his pick of destiny? Strict screwing me. John Brown did nothing wrong. My call, Evie Huntington, Harvard alum, no hood. Maybe if we just call that place Dakota Territory again, they will stop sending people to D.C. Running my first marathon June 6th. Wish me luck. Ooh, cup coming up. Good luck. Nuzly Fuzzly, Torsten Peel of the Satanic Temple, Elect Thomas Smith President, Honky Tonk Bar Association, <laughs> Support Your Local Peruvian Restaurant, Angry MacFace, Penelope is Glad Sydney Got Sanctioned for Terpsichore, The Books That Burn Podcast Reviewing Fictional Depictions of Trauma Since 2019, This Is Not the Greatest Patron Name in the World, No, This Is Just a Tribute, Due to GERD, I Drop My Hurdy Gurdy, Gravelly Seas my girdle and gird my loins. Wow. Oh, Wayne, anyone who ever lost at poker knows better than to try bluffing a Texas bankruptcy judge. Murray Gregerson brought dessert de jury, impeach tort and subpoena coladas to this ex parte. I want to say something to the American people. I will say it again. I did not take legal advice from that podcast opening arguments. <laughs> Crimer, no criming. We'll change this Patreon name when our newborn lets us sleep. 
any sitting judge who throws out a case for lack of standing is a hypocrite. <laughs> Simple country hyper chicken. Ritz of mandamus in the Ritz cellar. Cool glass of motion lemonade waiting for you on the porch. Put your boss on a performance improvement plan. Pass the PRO Act. Haywood Debroni, the human neckbeard artificer. What? Jake, Seattle Pete, plug whatever you guys want here. I don't listen anyway. Patreon benefits rule. And Guardians ad litem of the galaxy. Ah, your turn, Andrew. And a big thank you to Christopher Brown, to Philly Live Show 2022. I'll bring the scotch and cheese steaks. Who's bringing gritty? <laughs> Put a pin in that. Lawful Copter says, Andrew and Thomas, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for everything you guys do. That, that. I tear up a little bit every time I read that. Seriously. A podcast that pairs a man racing a quarter and a real life lawyer. <laughs> now witness the fabulousness of this fully vaccinated and operational French lesbian. <laughs> oh, a live show in Sydney, Australia, please. I won't be vaccinated till October at the earliest. Nick fish was in the room where it happened. That's true. Yeah. In the zoom where it happened. Yeah. <laughs> Another Minneapolitan waiting for our live show in Minneapolis. OTTBE Odin takes the bark exam. Robert M. Medicon 7. Lou, my milkshake brings all the bees to the yard. And I'm like, oh, no, that's too many bees. I'm allergic <laughs> to bees. The world's a better place because Thomas Smith puts hours of labor into making it more informed, funnier and kinder. Every oh, where did that come from? That's wow, awesome. Thanks. I love that. Uh, and, and by the way, true. This podcast proudly brought to you by Raytheon. Raytheon Knife Missiles, the opening argument of the modern king. <laughs> Dinosaur National Monument live show. Stephen Balticate Sandoval is my favorite patron name. Sakashite Fukusumi is a close second. <laughs> Polly Hernandez. Christ, seven years of college down the drain. Emily Rainbow Spence, the best cardboard crack dealer in the Maritimes, the deck box, Halifax.com. Ian Hamilton, Jason Copas, coming soon to Tallahassee, Facebook the ride. You have never helped a megacorp comply with Florida law like this before. <laughs> I like the idea of the Baiga yeah. Zoo. So, yeah. Hot Spears, ode to a small lump of filibuster I found in my armpit one midsummer morning. This profile name is hilarious in the context of some other podcast. I get sad, too, when courts continue to prove Andrew's whole profession is just made up. Again, not all made up. Natrex, Darth Mandy Pants, up next for Lawed Awful Movies, Hamilton. Take burger restaurant naming advice from a podcast. There's also a brief trial of Cobra Commander in the G.I. Joe movie, Lamb Double Feature with Transformers. He has something to prove. He has nothing to lose, lose, lose. Jennifer Cratch, Mike Hudson still sucks. Why would you think he stopped sucking? <laughs> gift, <laughs> gift to modestneeds.org, gift to modestneeds.org. Laughing my ass off because Thomas knows more about the law than a coin does. CivilPoliticsRadio.com Fridays at 7 p.m. Eastern on Valley Free Radio. John Bilderback, the originalist case for suing the Stanford Federalist Society. <laughs> uh, my friend's cousin mixed cope with cop rocks and he died. Not that Chris Wallace. Stephen Balticate Sandoval's Philip Kaiser. Andrea the Arbitrary and Capricious. COVID showed me I am the kind of guy that wants a little prick. This episode was so nice, you might even play it through twice. We did it for you, but whatever you do, don't treat it like legal advice. Mm. <laughs> Dude, Absion, Pain Strumpet, making, sorry for making you use the last one for so long, it was dumb anyway. Jonathan, Lord Kinbote, Alfred Wallace, way to go, Thomas, porked that streak like a karaoke legend. R.I.P. my friend Harry Mosley, survived cancer twice only to be shot by some punk. Myla Meadsong wishes all Stephen Breyers a happy retire now. <laughs> 
Join your labor union. Together we bargain alone, we beg. Eat the light eyes. Par- Parsh lives matter. Vote Bondsmith, no matter who. Spork, and that is S-P-O-R-Q-U-E, so the, the, the French-Canadian version of, of Spork. My dog is in the ER, and I'm too st- stressed to try and be funny. Hope next week will be better. False. Anonymous. Because of you, P-I-A-T and Cogdis, I left the LDS Church and the Republican Party. Well, welcome aboard. WordOrigins.org, your source for word and phrase origins. My witty names aren't original and my original names aren't witty. R-I-P, Notorious R-B-G, Nerdnostic. They said I could be anything, so I became two fabulous lesbians. Derek, I don't pray, but when I do, it's for evangelicals to get vaccinated. Our kitchen is your kitchen for an eventual Seattle live show platinum dinner. The offer stands. Don't don't think we're not looking at that offer. Big easy blasphemy. It's kind of nice having a competent federal government again. Thanks to summitshuffleboard.com. A string of unpronounceable characters. Rondathedork.com. Hey, you know, I actually went there. It's uh, it's Rhonda's blog. It's pretty good. Oh, cool. It's lasted longer than Trump's by, yeah. <laughs> by an order of magnitude. <laughs> If opening arguments is joining the MSW network, does that make Allison Andrews boss? I have already said Thomas is my boss. Malika Chandler, tricycular manslaughter, soggy pants. The leftist textualist says lethal injection fits even Scalia's definition of cruel and unusual since it was invented after 1789. Asterisk. Sakashite Fukusumi. Adopt a homeless pet and oppose declawing and ear docking. Day jury belly at packies at last, baby. Heather L. Matthew Vernon Adam Costa J. Alden Walt Jeremiah's fancy microwave emporium. Ian and Allie. Danny Rosari. Thomas Smith, Defender of Creed. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> Eli Bosnick, David in Brooklyn. If you were a Transformer, you'd be Optimus Fine. <laughs> Sam Denal, Mitchell, Error on Air, on Aaron. True story. The guy who said grand juries will indict a ham sandwich was later indicted. Very huh. true. Yeah, it's uh, Saul Walkler in, uh, wow. in New York. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Natasha Crunchwrap wants you to support the Justice Policy Institute. Sam Buck, and of course, our all-time great, he who shall never be dethroned, Conrad Michaels. Oh, no associate of this firm has ever failed the bar exam. No kidding. And now it's time for T3BE answer time. Oh, man, I'm not looking forward to this. Well, okay. <laughs> How do I do? So this was a company contracted with a builder to construct a new corporate headquarters at a fixed price of $100 million. At the time, uh, the structural steel was widely available, was included in the contract as a $6 million line item. Before work began, there was a catastrophe tornado shut down the largest structural steel supplier in the country and as a result the price on structural steel increased by 20 percent um builder told the the company and said hey hey, uh there was this increase in steel so we're gonna have to charge you an extra million dollars there was an oral agreement between the parties to increase the project price to 101 million dollars they they built the project and then the company paid the hundred but refused to pay the one what happens if the builder sues the company for one million dollars you uh deliberated between all the answers (laughs) uh, (laughs) before narrowing it down to b no because there was no consideration for the modification of the contract or C, yes, because the company's promise was supported by consideration. And then you and the coin uh, both picked C. Thomas, I have to tell you, for the first time in a long time, even Thomas's yeah. second chance law firm got I, the this The obvious wrong. answers were like A and D. I really zagged on this one instead of zigging. I don't know. This is, yeah. this is okay. What happened here? So what happened here is this is a, a modification 
to a contract. Yeah. Modifications to contracts are uh, specifically exempted uh, from the rule of consideration. So consideration requires that both parties get something. And the idea is, look, in the main contract, both parties were getting something. Yeah. uh, So we don't want to have to go through the rigmarole of saying- which I thought, but I just didn't like the answer, the other answers. Damn it, I had that. So it's covered by section 89 of the restatement of contracts, uh, which says the modification of an executory contract. An executory contract just means a contract where there's still part of it left to perform, right? It says a promise modifying a duty under a contract not fully performed on either side is binding, A, if the modification is fair and equitable in view of circumstances not anticipated by the parties when the contract was made, or B, to the extent provided by statute, or C, to the extent that justice requires enforcement in view of a material change of position in reliance on the promise. Um, So here you have a classic modification. The parties agree to it. It's oral, which is fine. A contract does not have to be in writing. You can specify, right? You can say in a contract, any modifications here too must be in writing. Uh, But the – Question doesn't say that. It is not required by the statute of frauds uh, to be in writing. Um, uh, statute of frauds applies in six circumstances. I can't name them all off the top of my head, but uh, I can you never know. remember them. Yeah. <laughs> the, the big thing to remember is if it's for the sale of goods exceeding $500, if it is for real estate, or if yeah. it is for a contract that cannot be performed within one year. And oh. and by the way, cannot is read uh, philosophically like at the uh, you know at the existential level, right? Like in yeah. other words, the contract says we will provide this to you, you know, every month for the next thirteen months. That's a contract mm-hmm. that can't be performed in a year. But even if it says like you know we will repave all of downtown Detroit and it will take thirty five years, we estimate that it will take at least thirty five years. Um, a, a court will be like, well, they estimated that it could, but who knows? They could have oh, been really, okay. really efficient. And yeah. so long as it's possible to do the contract in less than a year, uh, it is not covered by the statute of frauds. Okay. Um, there are, like I said, there, there are three more. I remember memorizing six conditions for the bar exam, but the bar exam was years ago, and I cannot yeah. remember those others right now. And uh, I would just look them up right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, as what yeah. I have. So not subject to statute of frauds, doesn't have to be in writing because the modification is fair and equitable and because the parties agree to it uh, and because there were circumstances not anticipated by the parties when the contract was made, uh, the modification is binding. You got to pay the whole 101 million. That's also why, I mean, you you did correctly pick a yes answer, uh, but you said, yes, the company's promise was supported by consideration. Yeah, no, it wasn't, right? Like here, the the company just said, we're going to do the thing that we originally promised to do. So that's not additional consideration for the modification well, yeah the company is the one getting the job done or like having it done for oh, them, yeah yeah, yeah you're, you're so you're right well leave that in there because uh, mm-hmm. I, I misread I it actually and, looked uh, that over a couple times to make sure i i look this was a question so the answer was d is what you're saying right mm-hmm. yeah i just didn't think that that was the thing that was going but i guess the based on you know i almost had it because the logic of the question would be such that d is the only thing left to to, to question you know like yeah. it doesn't all the other stuff is kind of unsaid and that's the trick of the bar you know it's like you have once you've gone through the fact that this doesn't have to be in writing and these other things the only thing left over is well is it fair and equitable 
And I guess that's why it's D. Yeah, that's that's right. And and yeah. and let me say, since I since I misread the answer in dismissing it, I don't know of any requirement in contract law. And our eagle-eared listeners, I'm sure, will flood us with uh, with emails if I'm wrong on this. That requires consideration for one party, but not you know, sort of buy in between both parties. Now you want to talk about, uh, uh, uh intended third party beneficiaries. Yeah, no, I, well, I, I'm, I'm aware that of that, matters, one, but, it, but if you want to like what, what I was actually thinking here was I just didn't like any of the answers. Mm. And so C was one that I could see. I don't know how to describe it, but sometimes it's like, well, that's the answer. That's just kind of like, yeah, it's already covered. Like, that's why you don't need more consideration. Like I was kind of going for that kind of thing. Like I, I didn't love the answer. I just thought that that might be, you know, process of elimination. One of those, the best answer that just says like, essentially, yeah, it's fine. Like I want, right. I wanted a yes answer. I just should have picked D. So, so here's why C is never going to be a good answer because the requirement of consideration philosophically is designed to say that the law is concerned with commercial transactions and not like promises between friends or family members right, right. so the classic example of the, of of a contract that is void for want of consideration is uh, I tell you, we we hang up this, uh, and I tell you, you know, Thomas. Notwithstanding whatever our agreement says, I, I promise you, and this is a, a a real case. I promise you, I'll take care of you for the rest of your life. Right? Mm. I love you like a brother, uh, which is all true. I'll never let anything bad happen to you, and I'll take care of you financially for the rest of your life. Now, that is obviously consideration to you. Right. Yeah. But that's no consideration to me. Undying love isn't consideration. If is I decide to screw you over, says? Yep, that is what the cold hearted law says. So if uh, I decide to screw you over 10 years or 10 minutes from now, uh, I, you can't go to court. And I know sue all me. this. I yeah. wasn't sure if a modification <laughs> needed consider. I mean, that's the key question. Yeah. I, I again, I didn't like any of the answers. I was just like, well, maybe <laughs> maybe a modification does require some sort of consideration or my but only was, on one side. That's a fit. That's a that's a fair hypothesis yeah i'm just well, saying i didn't think it was only on one side why is it only on one side i think the other consideration is already assumed isn't i mean well that's that's the thing i mean as you were correcting me it is the company's promise right was supported by consideration right that is they agreed to pay the additional million dollars right that's the additional consideration but the supplier's promise here in the mod in the modification was not supported by consideration you mean because it's already the consideration is already because the consideration has already built the building, right? So yeah, okay, yeah, I should have just gone with D. Fair and equitable <laughs> in view of it just seemed weird that the only consideration for this modification of the contract is whether or not it's fair and equitable. So I guess, but I guess now that I look at it this way, since all the other boxes are ticked, um, if it weren't fair and equitable, if they're like, well. We orally agree that you're going to pay me 20 million more dollars, essentially. Even if they both orally agreed, the company could refuse to pay that 20 million. And then the same question happens. And then the builder doesn't prevail because that 20 million is, un is not fair and equitable. That is an excellent dive into the question. And here's why that fair and equitable clause is in there. It is to prevent the one party to the contract from using adverse circumstances to extort the uh. other party, right? So you like, you've started, let's modify this a little, like you've started to build the building and then you go and you're like, hey, uh, steel's way more expensive. 
And the original party is like, yeah, I agree with that, that it's way more expensive. We'll pay your, your steel costs. And the company's like, no, 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 no. Like we, but like the steel we have on hand, like we could make, so, you're going to pay twice as much. Yeah, money, you know what I mean? Yeah. We're going to hold you over the barrel. And then, so what you can do as the company is y- you can agree and then have them finish and then say like, yeah, yeah. You know what? Like we agreed when you had us over the barrel, but like, you're going to have to sue us for anything that's above and beyond a a fair and reasonable increase. And in fact, I've litigated cases like that. I'll say this. I feel good that I eliminated a, I wasn't fooled by a, I knew that that wasn't it. After that, everything else was downhill. (laughs) It's all, it's all, (laughs) it went downhill from there. That was the only good thing I did. And I got in my head too much about D. I should have been between C and D, honestly. And then, or just, you know, obviously, obviously once you know the answer, it's like, well, I should have been between D and D. But like, (laughs) since I'm not a lawyer, uh, the possibilities, I I thought there was a possibility C would be this kind of default yes answer that just sort of restated. Because that happens sometimes. It's like, sometimes the answer just kind of restates the facts in a way. And that's what I thought it was doing, but I was wrong about what what C was doing. So D, correct answer. Um... Not only did I fail, the coin failed and the second chance failed, but I can't count this one against the coin because I didn't give it the possible answer in the second choice. So uh, the coin is off the hook for this one. That's in the bylaws, Andrew. The well, coin we will. Have we to uh, then we will exempt the coin from. Uh, Thank you very much. Take, from the coin's family. Yeah. I, <laughs> the coin. The coin appreciates your uh, <laughs> your generosity here. The coin's got kids to feed. All right. Uh, so let's find out who wasn't fooled by this question like I was. <laughs> Who's our big winner? All right, Thomas, this week's winner is William Patterson on Twitter, who writes, I think Thomas overthought the language of D and skipped over it. D feels the most right to me, so I'm going to go with that. Well, that is exactly what I think happened. So congratulations to William Patterson on going with your gut, getting it exactly right. Everybody, give him a follow. That is at W-P-A-T-T-E-R-S-O-N, at W Patterson on Twitter. And congratulations, William, on being this week's winner. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Andrew, thanks for the deep dive as always. Um, And like we said, you know, this is a time to set aside disagreements and try to help anyone who might be taken in by what is absolutely a scam, you know, regardless of who's pulling it off. This, uh, the healthcare sharing ministries is a scam. Please make everyone aware. And, uh, thanks for that breakdown, Andrew. We'll see you next time. I move for a bad court thingy. You mean a mistrial? Yeah, that's why you're the judge and I'm the law talking guy. This has been Opening Arguments with Andrew and Thomas. If you love the show and want to support future episodes, please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com law. If you can't support us financially, it will be a big help if you leave us a five-star review on iTunes, Stitcher, or whatever podcast delivery vehicle you use. And be sure to tell all your friends about us. For questions, suggestions, and complaints, email us at openarguments at gmail.com. The show notes and links are on our website at www.openargs.com. Be sure to join the Facebook group at facebook.com groups slash Mountain, and follow us on Twitter at openargs. This This podcast is a production of Opening Arguments Media, LLC, All Rights Reserved. It is produced with the assistance of transcriptionist Heather Loveridge, production assistant Ashley Smith, and additional contributions from Morgan Stringer and Deborah Smith. Special thanks to Teresa Gomez, who runs our live shows and heads up the OA Wiki. Follow at OA Wiki on Twitter. Additional thanks to the moderators of the Opening Arguments Facebook community, Emily Waters, Alicia Cook, Eric Brewer, Natalie Newell, Brian Ziegenhagen, and Teresa. And finally, thanks to Thomas Smith, who edits the show and created the fabulous theme music, which was used with permission. 